We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Producer Cole, Bay Bay, putting this all together. Cole, we missed you last week. Back I missed you guys from too. From vacation. I know. You go to the Northeast to vacation like like a true weird person. It's all right. Who goes to colder climates? Hey, it's fall. It's LA. it's fall. It's before it becomes uninhabitable and we have the horrible winter up there. So, you know, you got to get it in while you can. Yeah, that's it seems seems rough. People like the the leaves changing and to eat seafood. I don't know. I don't get it. But I'm glad that you had fun with the family. It is great to have us all back here today. We'll be talking boxing on the first show this week. Plenty of recap for over the weekend. Shakur Stevenson had his homecoming fight in New Jersey. Didn't go as planned to start out on Friday, but it definitely ended how he wanted it. We'll talk about that. Mayweather had his exhibition from Japan that I know Dre stayed up for because he was talking about it all night in our group chat. We had Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker from the UK, plus some news on Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. The fight I thought was going to happen. The old man was never, ever even just giving any consideration towards. Seems like one of us was right, but we'll get into that a little while later. As always, make sure you guys check out our previous episodes. Here on the corner, we talk boxing, pro wrestling, and MMA. So it doesn't matter what you're looking for that week. We have it all for you. And we sprinkle in a little bit of hip-hop, pop culture, craziness that's going on all along the way. So make sure you guys check out those episodes. But Dre, we're starting with boxing this week. I was in New Jersey for Shakur Stevenson back at home. Damn near sold out the building in Newark. They came out strong for Shakur. And it's nice to see another young fighter selling at selling out at home. We had Bam Rodriguez sell out San Antonio. We had Ryan Garcia sell out LA. Tank Danner sells out everywhere. So it's nice to see these young kids growing their following. And like we've seen in the past, it's great to start at home because there's no country specifically for black fighters before American fighters. So it's nice to see them sell out buildings. Yeah, I mean, it should be uh, something that boxing does a little bit more often. I know, you know, they want to stage fights in Vegas or 
New York or California, but go to the Confiders' hometown. At least get some people. Fill up the building. So when I look at it on TV, I go, oh, that looks dope. Because it's it's easy to convince people to create an, that somebody's an attraction if they're selling out buildings. If you tell me a fighter's really good and there's 13 people in the crowd, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's a core. Like he, I was he at Social Gloves. Out. Social Gloves oh. had three people mm. in the crowd, and one was Chris Brown. And that was very entertaining. Oh, I mean, I'm sure people would trade in a 10,000 fans for a Chris Brown, some of these places, just for a little bit of marketing and promotion. But Shakur fighting uh, Consensual in in uh, Jersey, he looked good. Crowd was there. But this is his last fight at 130. Man didn't make weight. He lost He lost the titles on the scales. But I don't think he gives a shit. He was on his way out anyway. His body wasn't, wasn't having that 130-pound weight class anymore. Yeah, I feel like... Oh. It, I'm torn because as a professional, you shouldn't make weight. Of course. It was hard for him to make weight. His last fight, he became unified. So going into this fight, if you agree to it, you should know whether you can or cannot. He couldn't. And he has a full nutritional team, everything behind him. He works his ass off. When your body says no, your body says no. But you should know your body, right? Like these are world-class athletes. We say this all the time. You know your body. You know when it's time to go. Losing it on the scales, to me, we've seen fighters lose it, whether it's on the scales or otherwise. Devontae lost something on the scales. It ain't hurt tank at all. Came back, kept fighting, got the belts back, whatever. But it hinders your opportunities when you do go up. And we'll talk about that. Now he's talking about wanting to move to 135. When you move there without the belts, you can't force title matchups. You work your way back up the ladder somewhat. When you get there. So it's tough, man. It's it's tough to see someone who works so hard. That's how he was quickly a 126 champion to 130 to unified. You lost four years of work because you didn't make 1.6 pounds. Now you got to yeah. start over. Teofimo was undisputed by many accounts. But if you don't want to call him undisputed, was unified. Lost all the belts. Now he's fighting God knows who up at 140. Instead of going right into title fights, you lose four or five years of work in your career when you don't vacate belts and to step up for no reason. Really, it's no reason. It's not to gain another belt. If it was for unification, if you were going for undisputed and killing your body and you couldn't make it, that's fine. It's a random-ass title defense. Yeah, but the thing was is that Shakur wasn't going to get an undisputed lightweight fight against Devin Haney anyway. So it really didn't matter. Devin's fighting Cambosis. Vasily Lomachenko's fighting on the 29th. All, all expectations, those two will fight each other next year. So Sikora's going to be on the outside looking in anyway. Yeah, He wasn't going to be able to force the title fight immediately. So he's just got to find somebody to fight. I mean, he's got to find – at 35, he needs to find somebody to fight. And that's the, the mess. The thing about it is there are plenty of opportunities for him to fight at 135. But with Devin having all the belts and then being tied up probably with Lomachenko over the next – Nine months. What do you do? Who do you fight? Ryan ain't gonna fight you. Oh, we'll talk ain't gonna that. fight you. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But he's in right. a, a better position than most. If yeah. stuff breaks, I mean, because he's he's Shakur Stevenson, right? He yeah. is he is a guy that a lot of us would say in about three years he may be the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, right? I think I think we can agree on that. He's he's going to be top five as long as he doesn't make any mistakes outside of the ring. I think his skills translate to greatness. His ceiling is extraordinarily high. We're fine with this. 
But the immediate future is what I question is because you move up to 135 and it's like, eh, who do you fight first? Who's going to be your 135 debut? It won't be a big name. It'll be somebody that you can probably get out there and beat up. Yeah, prop. I mean, well, again, now it's a different timetable. But we'll talk about all his options going forward, the fight itself here in a second. But it was his homecoming. And Dre, I had a homecoming of sorts. No, not because I flew into New York. Not because I was chilling and stayed in Soho the whole time. My daughter, my youngest one, out of the three that I have, went to her first homecoming in high school. She is a freshman. Dre, I say this as a warning to you. Start saving now. To stack, stack the pockets. She spent $135 on eyelashes. We grow those for free, right? If you, if you weren't in the know about this, they come on our face. Naturally. Like, they are there. You don't have to do shit to get eyelashes. She spent $135 to get them individually glued. And then said, Dad, I'm broke. I was like, oh, really? Because I send your ass money every week. I'm broke. So she needed money to go eat. She at least got a ride to pick up this boy that she now has a crush on. Whatever. Kind of curved her, but they went together to a homecoming. So sent her money for that. She had the dress, thankfully. But between nails, hair, eyelashes, Dre homecoming cost a smooth 600 One night. Mm. I mean, same night in the chat, you dropped a picture, your amazing daughter's birthday party. I was like, this motherfucker's 10 years away from this, and he don't even know. He don't even know what's coming. Not a clue. It's like a truck's coming at you. You can't even see. Yeah. I mean, 10 years from now, who knows? I don't know what'll be the the, the craze for a homecoming. It might be eyelashes and might be 16 year olds getting BBLs. I know what my daughter (laughs) won't be getting. No, that that probably is gonna happen. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like gross. with TikTok and all the stupid shit. Lord knows yeah. the social media platform there will be. Yeah, no, hell no. Uh there's yeah. a girl in my my daughter's school out here, Green Valley. Shout out to your wife. And uh I think uh Ramon and reverse rat pack went to Green Valley High School here in Vegas. There's a girl, my my daughter who goes to school there has a good friend in her dance squad. And they were rolling after school, after dance, chilling in their squad, crewed up. And some girl with face tats who goes to the school rolled up on my daughter's friend. It was like, stop talking to my boyfriend. I'm going to beat your ass, blah, 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 if you keep talking to him. And then my daughter's friend was like, yo, I was thoroughly scared of this girl. I was like, shit, you should be. She got face tats, 16 years old in high school. She ain't even a senior. I was like, you better stop talking to her boyfriend. Like, she built different. Yeah. So, yeah, listen, man, yeah. you don't know what's happening in high school nowadays. Shit, it's weird. There, there's more glow rillas and ice spices than there are normal children that appear. Please don't talk about ice spice right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, listen, munch is munch is a is a joint, but outside of that, she can't perform to save her life. It's another another thing we saw. But yeah, no, it's it's wild that to. When I was at one, a boxer's homecoming to my daughter having a homecoming. Her and Shakur are nine years apart, eight years apart. So I was like, yo, this this guy was just at homecoming. It's it's crazy how culturally stuff moves so fast. 
because nine years, 10 years, 10 years, I'll have adults. You'll have teenagers. Yeah, it's a long time from now. I'm not even thinking about it. <laughs> a lot more gray, a lot more gray in the beard. I say all that to say this is more than a little, no more than 10 years in your past, Dre. But were you a homecoming guy? I know you were like a step show guy and shit. Like, yeah, I was a homecoming did you, guy. You went to, did you win anything? Hell no, I didn't win anything. <laughs> I didn't no win court? Shit. I just, nah, man, I didn't even think about doing that shit. Like, I didn't think about getting nominated. I just went to homecoming my junior and senior year. So it was like, it's cool. Did you roll like, with the crew or did you have a date? Yeah, we rolled with the crew. We went, we rolled deep. Uh, we, we, I can't remember how we got a hotel room. One of my friends fell down the stairs. That was interesting. Uh, I drove my dad's Cadillac. My dad had a Cadillac brome with purple neon lights on the bottom of it with Playboy locks. Yes, this is my pops. Playboy locks. He had dice on the, on the wheel locks. It was the, it was the pimp my ride before pimp my ride was the thing. The purple neon lights on the bottom of a Cadillac with gold trim. When I pulled I've only, up, I've only seen that with Pinky and Next Friday, yeah, like when he had the pink lights on the bottom and Dayton's. He had neon purple lights, and like when I pulled up, Curtis Mayfield Superfly played. <laughs> it, was a, it was some straight pimp shit. But yes, I absolutely went to homecoming. But see, all I had to do was rent a tux. For men, it's easy. You rent a tux, you get a haircut. I'm good. Oh yeah, easy, easy money. And I went to homecoming with what is now my ex-wife. So I went to one homecoming. I went junior year. I think she won whatever the hell you win, princess at homecoming or something. I didn't run that year. And I was like, oh, I'll run the next year. It's good. I wore a, a all white suit, pink vest, white cane. The picture's out there somewhere. It floats around. I had a cane. Uh, so I did too. very fly. You see, <laughs> it's a thing. Cole looked at us like, oh, Cole, it's a thing. I, I, I did not have a cane uh, for any of those pictures, but now I wish I did. <laughs> you went to homecoming, though. What am I doing? I just I'm not getting it done, clearly. No, your your homecoming was a bit different. Where were you, Cole? In Colorado for homecoming? It would have been in Colorado, yeah. Did you go? I don't th- I don't think anyone had had a cane. I went I went my senior year. Okay. No canes in sight. No cane. No. Uh, there was there Colorado, was a drastic lack of canes. Colorado, we gotta <laughs> do better. Boulder, we gotta do better. Come on. Let's yes. go. Yes. It's all right. It's it's probably caught up now, Cole. But yeah, and I, I went with my wife. I was like, oh, next year we'll come again. You know what? I didn't go my senior year. You know why? And I hold this grudge to this day. My daughter was born four days before homecoming. We could not go. Even though her mom tried to go, but it was four days. Y'all were bugging. Why are y'all trying to go to? Like, <laughs> she wanted to go to y'all? homecoming. It was four days, though. And That's then, yeah, risky it was business. Like, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't feasible just on her body. We could not go four days time. But she took the SAT seven days after giving birth. And she scored like, I don't know, 40 points lower than me. I would be like, she was like, I would score higher than you if I wasn't just pregnant. I was like, yeah, you mad. So to this day, I remind her that I had a better SAT score. This, always this hold it against am- her, Dre. This is amazing. You are <laughs> talking about SAT scores when your wife was pregnant. My wife was passing the bar exam. <laughs> like such a, a wide difference in age between our kids, man. My oh, wife was far huge. Yeah, we were taking SAT seven days after my daughter was born. We took SATs, and then yeah, my my second kid was 
uh, shit, we were sophomores in college, uh, you know, at that time. We're 19, so it was it was quick, Dre. I missed homecoming because of my daughter. Yeah. And then now her ass going to homecoming next week. I, I miss WrestleMania like, because of my son. How about that? That's tough. I miss going to WrestleMania. Totally different worlds. We we have Russell we have WrestleManias every year. Can't go back to homecoming. That's also like weird, like teen movie, like creepy shit. Can't just sneak back into high school and be the old guy creeping back into yeah, high school. So no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I told her I was like, "Yo, you won't buy a homecoming." I told my oldest daughter this. I was like, "If it's not this year, it's next year. I'm gonna chaperone your homecoming, and it's gonna be payback time. I'm gonna be that parent that make make you have like six six inches of separation. Y'all better not touch." I'll be that guy. I'll be the I'll be the hater ass parent as the chaperone. You <laughs> so enjoy I'm, that. I yes, got a long yes, way that's to go. this is where I'm at in my life. So it's uh interesting to see the the differences there. Shakur, as we mentioned, enjoyed his homecoming. Newark, New Jersey. Ain't shit in Newark. Ain't a crying. damn thing. Just you crying. lived in Jersey. I lived in Fort Lee. <laughs> I live in the bougie part of Jersey. I live like fast in live like that far from me. We stayed around the same block. So I yeah, I live the nice part. Kim Osario stayed up the street for me. I ain't seen no goddamn Newark. Brick City? Hell no. Everybody dies in Brick City. You don't go there. Cole lived in Newark, right? I lived oh, in Jersey you. City. So so it was right same at, shit. just south just south of Hoboken. So basically it just was right off right off the boroughs of Manhattan. Yeah, like same shit. You live in Jersey City, Newark. They rob you ten minutes faster, pretty much. Like that's that's the only difference. Poor Cole. Cole, Cole glowed up on us. Look at Cole. Now he's in sunny LA. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Jersey was gloomy. It was cold. It didn't rain, but it was a lot cold. Like it was like 70, 80 degrees by the time the fight started, and. Dre, the amount of women walking around in see-through pants, which is bodysuits under, was staggering. I was like, what the hell are they doing? You would think it's 118 degrees, and it was a UFC fight, and Jose Aldo, another Brazilian, was headlining the card. They wore their summer's finest at the end of September. Like, I'm going to get this fit off. I mean, you know why. Ain't shit happening in Newark. They got that (laughs) one fit. They got to get that one off. It's like, this is it. This is it. If I don't get this off tonight, I ain't never wearing this shit. That's all. Damn shame for Newark. And it, I have a question for you. It sprung up while I was writing this out. What's the weirdest place you've covered a fight? Newark's up there for me. Mm. Like I, And I've been to Jersey. Mom went to Rutgers. Like I've been through Jersey. But I ain't, I'm not really bridging tunnel. Like I don't, I don't frequent Jersey. So this is my first time around Jersey people. And I was like... This shit might as well be a bud fight in Nebraska. Like y'all ain't real tri-state people. They're they're the country bumpkin cousins of the tri-state. Like yo, I can't claim y'all in Jersey. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I covered a few fights at Prudential in Newark. I know I covered like a Tomas Adamek fight when I lived in New York. Let's see, I went to Ta- Tahoe. I covered a fight in Reno, and that was weird. Um, I like Reno. I don't like Reno. It's cold. Uh, oh, it is. It is brick It is very fucking cold. the The club shows in New York, are, the Smokers, are some of the most unique. Like BB King's, I covered a show at BB King's in New York. 
And then it was like shortly after that, we went and got like sticky wings around the corner. Yeah. It, it was weird because like people were getting their asses beat and it was like it was a bar. And you go upstairs and everybody's like does not realize there's a you know there's a fight downstairs. It was weird. So BB Kings was strange. I, I, I didn't know they had fun. boxing events at BB Kings. I thought it was just music. They did. Like they, I mean, I'm telling you, man, them small ass club shows with like 50 people standing up yelling. They, there's some weird places I've covered fights. But nah, Newark wouldn't be at the top of my list. It'd be like be New York. I've seen been some small ass shows in Cali. I don't know. See, we don't go like real weird ass places. Like I didn't go see Bud fight in Nebraska, right? Like I wasn't with ESPN top rank at the time. They just ran a show in Tulsa, but even Tulsa's not that bad. I think he went there for the zone fight. Yeah. No, I didn't go to that fight. No, it was Tulsa. I didn't go. I didn't go to that. I've been to Texas. I've been shit. I've been North Carolina too. Who? Sorry, Cole. Dallas. I hate going to Dallas for anything. I mean, Dallas sucks, especially Dallas where AT and T is at, is because it's so far from everything else. So it's like, why, why even go? Um, yeah, yeah. Dallas there's some shitty worse. places to go to fights. Vegas. That's why we're spoiled because we live in Vegas, which means that when you go to a fight, the hotels right there, there's shit that's around where the fight is at. Where you go somewhere else, like if you go to Dallas, AT and T, if you go there, is so damn far from everything. It's just it's not the same experience. That's why people like to have fights in Vegas because everything is basically connected. Everywhere else, it's not the same. I hate fights no. in fucking Madison Square Garden. I hate New York fights. Oh, it's so fucking late. By the time you get out of there, it's the worst. Yeah, it's the pitch. That's that's my biggest thing. Like you, I'm trying to eat. I'm hungry as hell. There's only like one place open till like three thirty. Their kitchen's about to close. You got to find like the same one ass diner on thirty third. Like yeah, it's it, this is whack. It's packed. So yeah, yeah. Nah, New York fights. MSG, not for me. I haven't covered a fight at Barclays yet, so we shall see how Brooklyn treats me. But yeah, MSG, eh, I'm over it. <laughs> I can, you know, give or take on that one. What's funny is I don't think it will get to Shakur's actual fight in the result in a second. We didn't tell the people about you being an old-ass man in the club after Canelo. I mean, what do you want to tell them? I didn't want to go to the club. I went to the club. <laughs> you invited me to the club. Well, I mean, they said to bring people, so I was like, all right, at least I'll know somebody here. I mean, I knew, like, you know, Eddie Hearn was there, and Frank Smith, who's at Matchroom uh, CFO, was there, and a lot of our people was there, but, man, the club ain't for me, man. I'm sorry. It just ain't. I'm playing a good EDM set. Dre was looking at me like a weirdo for knowing the EDM songs. He was there. They were both drinking an abundance of water. You never it see just, two people more hydrated in a dance club than these two men. Just hydrated. It, just yeah, man. I look, look, look. The Plus, young it, kids. Now, what am I doing here? That's what that's what happens. Like <laughs> I walk in and I'm like, what am I doing here? And then you hear the music and it's so loud, like you can't talk to anybody because it's loud. And then it's just no, I'm good, man. That's the ultimate old man complaint. The music is too loud in the yeah, club. and I like my music loud, but it's just, man, that was that was way too much. I can't. I can't. I went because the owner of, of Sport News was like, I'm in town, took his little private jet, and he was like, I got two tables. And I was like, all right. So I guess we got to go then and bring who you want. I was like, okay. It was a weird night overall. Like, everybody from the zone was there. It was this weird – I don't know if you were paying attention, Kel, but we – so after the Canelo Triple G fight, we were waiting to go 
and we ended up at the win. No, not I'm sorry, not the win. Park MGM. Yep. And it felt like the ghost of pro wrestling past was around us. So Big E was there. <laughs> Todd Grisham was there. Matt Miller, who was our producer at The Zone, who was also a producer of NXT and, and, and uh, WWE, worked side by side with Vince. And they're like all telling like old pro wrestling stories, but we all worked at The Zone. And like he was like, this is weird. Like it's so it's incestuous. It's like you have boxing and WWE. It's like the same people. It it was it was a very strange night, man. It was it was weird. Corey Erdman was there. Who else was there? Sergio Moore, Chris Mannix was there. It was it was weird. It was all the people that I worked with for the past few years. Very strange. Sean Porter swooped through for a second. Oh, I got to make fun there. of his uh, his loud ass suit. Yeah, <laughs> red tie. It's all right. I'm buying one of Sean's suits. I promise you, it'll yeah. be my first suit. That but yeah, that it will was... be. I promise you, that will be the last time I go to like a company club event. I can't. I told. I emailed everybody. I was like, I'm not doing this shit again. Y'all are crazy. You got to do it. Man. I don't need to be. You got to tell him like Dre's or something next time, so like you can listen to hip hop and you'll be fine. It was yeah. actually enjoyable. They had smoke, like. No, I'm <laughs> And they had pyro and shit. They had people coming down from the, the rooftop with the bottles. Yeah. Cole, you would have loved it. Cole's shaking his head right now. Cole, Cole would have loved the environment. No, not good. Yeah, you're I'm not good. an EDM guy, Cole. No, you're a guy of, of good musical taste. No, no, EDM <laughs> yeah. no, no, not so much the EDM for me. In a, in a loud place where I can't hear myself think, oh, cool. that's tough. Cole has an old soul, people. We know this favorite this is true. group is the Beatles. Yeah, he, he, he has the guitar in the background. He's you know, still very uh, anti-push-the-button bass drop. Like, it's it's all right, Cole. You, you would have had a good time. It was a good time. Outside of Newark being a weird, sketchy-ass place, I had a good time at the fight. Before Shakur fought, Keyshawn Davis was on the co-main event. Olympian, Shakur's best friend. Amazing performance by him. Gets his fighter out of there. And ever since, it's been endless shit talking between him and everyone in boxing online. Every, like, Roly shit talked him today. Devin Haney. Everyone's like, oh, why are you? They're saying shit that's really not acceptable for 2022, but was normal trash talking like 20, 2006. Like, why are you butt buddies with Shakur and blah, blah, blah. And, all this shit is like, all right, like can't have best friends no more. But everyone's calling him out. And their biggest gripe against Keyshawn is he hasn't done anything yet. Dre, yeah. when does Olympic medals, medals stop mattering? When did they stop mattering in the conversation of boxing? As soon as you turn pro, they don't matter. Like uh, there are plenty, there are very few medalists who are actually very good as pros. It doesn't happen because it's a totally different experience as an amateur. Look, man, Floyd Mayweather didn't win gold. Who's who beat Floyd Mayweather in the Olympics? Nobody cares because no. he didn't go well, anywhere. Because it was a robbery. Too. But again, that's why none of this shit matters. Like there's a few: Vasily Lomachenko, Guillermo Rigondeaux, obviously Clarissa Shields, Anthony Joshua, Oleksandr Us. Like these guys were all Olympians, but for the most part, Olympic medals don't really matter that much. Did Shakur Stevenson win gold? No nope, silver, and it doesn't matter because Robesi beat him. It, but Robesi's looking like one hell of a pro. But is he going to be better than Shakur? No, no, no. It, it doesn't matter, man. You can come in here with all your bullshit ass medals that you want and talk about how great of a fighter you're going to be. It's different when you put hands on people 
as a pro than it is trying to outpoint somebody in the amateurs. It's totally Why? different. You can be a very good amateur, but because the scoring is different. Everything is different. That's Cubans so dominate like now, the Olympics. The headgear is gone now. So people can be like, well, you're protected. There's no power shots, blah, blah, blah. Headgear is gone. So it's even different than like when Lomachenko was just bodying people with like knockout blows to the liver because you're like, fuck it. They got headgear. I'm like, I'm knocking them out. Like those days are gone. Heavyweights, like you can get your shit rocked at heavyweight now because there's no headgear. Wilder might have won gold. He only won bronze. Like in today's Olympics, that one punch carries weight. So yeah, like, I feel like now the still no one cares. No. But it seems closer to professional boxing, even with people getting robbed. It's closer to professional boxing than than people give it credit for. So they're like, yo, Keyshawn hasn't done anything. Oh, you're only 6-0. and oh. It's like, yeah, because he just went and got a silver medal. Some shit you don't got. Everybody got a belt in boxing. Yeah, but the, look, man, Keyshawn, he hasn't done anything. And he, but he's, he's, there's two sides of this. One, we all see the promise of Keyshawn Davis. Like, if you don't, you're blind, right? Keyshawn Davis is definitely going to be a problem, but he hasn't done anything yet. It doesn't take much to change your career trajectory. You can have a bad outing, you can have a bad performance, and you may not be that guy anymore. It, your medals and your amateur accolades, because there, there have been some tremendous amateurs who just didn't pan out as pros. So I don't care. Like, it, it's cool that you have the amateur pedigree, but. Does it make you one of the best in the world? No, it doesn't. Some of the best fighters in the world didn't even, some of them didn't make the Olympics. Some of them didn't medal in the Olympics. Like, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. Nobody cares. Keyshawn, one day you'll win a title, and then people will care because you'll force them to fight you. But right now, nobody that's won a world title and nobody that has more than 12 fights wants to hear anything out of Keyshawn's mouth. Not yet. But as he keeps performing the way that he has, they're going to have to. Keyshawn Davis is really damn good. Yeah. And I can't wait because the shit talking and everything in most other sports, but boxing, Lord knows, usually leads to him jumping and climbing the ranks faster and getting bigger fights and maybe getting some matchups that are better than his 6-0 and record would entail and climbing the ladder faster. No one's going to be Lomachenko, right? Like, no one's going to be title or Clarissa for that matter title shot in their second fight like that's ridiculous like i'm not sure if we see that again unless maybe andy cruz turns pro like outside of that i'm not sure we'll see anyone go that fast but it's possible we'll get to like 10 and 0 11 and 0 get a title shot teofimo did sure i mean a lot of these fighters getting fast track now they're not waiting as long you know getting these robust 33 and 0 records before they get a title opportunity they're moving a lot faster which is great but the case of Keyshawn, we'll just we'll wait and see. Keyshawn is talking a lot of shit though. A ton of shit. It's easy to talk shit when Shakur, who's you know, your boy since forever, is running through people as well. Him in the main event versus Kunsisau. Again, Keyshawn came in, or excuse me, Shakur came in overweight. It was one point six pounds. It, it's not four or five pounds, it's not eight pounds like Hamzat in the UFC. It was one point six pounds. He came in. And he looked as dominant as ever. Tensasau was tough. He he didn't get taken out of there. He didn't get stopped. But I thought it was another dominant win for Shakur. And as the cards started coming out, as people talked, people talked as though he was like challenged in this fight or he's going to have trouble moving up to 135. I didn't see anything in this fight that tells me that. 
No, man. I, I we, people got to stop. Look, Sakura's he's ready. He's going to one thirty five. He'll be totally fine. He doesn't get hit. He he's fast. He's got fast twitch reflexes. The only thing that people will say is he doesn't pack a lot of power, right? But neither did Floyd. Yeah. He just hits you hard enough to stop you from the shit you're trying to do. And that's what Shakur does. And between him and Devin Haney, I think that's the future of boxing, period. Those two have, in the next three years, they'll be they'll be on the top. They should be top five pound-for-pound pound fighters. Them, Boots, yeah. Virgil Ortiz, maybe, if he gets out of his golden boy situation. Bam. Bam, Bam is a tougher case because Bam that is in a lighter weight class. five after next year. At or he might year, not he might be top five or he might not. Cause remember Chocolatito was number one pound for pound as soon as Floyd retired and immediately lost because of his style. So it's, it's, I don't know about Bam, but I feel like boots, Shakur, anybody with like a very good technical style, you can finish people, but you avoid getting hit. You got a great chance to be on this pound for pound. List. And I think Shakur is that guy. Yeah. I, I mean, Shakur, I can see, we'll see about Haney. Because we'll we'll map that out here in a second. But I, I feel like Shakur displays everything offensively and defensively. I think he's probably the most complete fighter we have in the game on um, both sides. Yeah. Tyson Fury aside. Because Tyson Fury is a, a unicorn, right? And like now he's developed power. So Lord knows the sky's the limit for Tyson Fury. But outside of him, I think Shakur Stevenson is the most balanced person we have in the game. And that is now to say he's moving up to 135 with no titles. What's the best path for Shakur Stevenson? If you had to lay the roadmap out. I'll give you mine while you think. Yeah, this is this is the tough. best case scenario for Shakur Stevenson at 135 is next fight immediately should be Richard Comey because they still have him on the contract, fought Loma, didn't get stopped, just fought again. He Comey needs a fight, really, but he was an ex-champion, so you can hang your hat on it. Give me Richard Comey, because he's still on the contract for Shakur. By this time, I'm then expecting Loma and Haney to sign on for their fight. I'm not sure you get a rematch clause in that fight, because it's Devin's last fight under the top rank umbrella. So if there's no rematch clause, which I, I don't I'm not sure they could fashion one, but I don't I don't know if that happens, then Shakur should fight immediately the winner of Haney and Loma. Immediately. Like right out the gate. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's Loma. Because the belts would be within top rank. Still, and it makes it easy, immediate, and undisputed fight for Shakur Stevenson. And I really like Devin Haney, man. I really like it. But Lomas is toughest test. It's a true chess match. They're both really good. And Haney doesn't necessarily have the power to keep Loma off of him. So now you're just chess master versus chess master. And that's when it becomes really hard with, with Vasily Lomachenko. If you don't have nothing to back him up or to deter him from really fighting his style, I... I don't know what chance you have. So at 135, Haney might be the more ideal matchup for a guy like Lomachenko compared to all the young guys. Even people who aren't as talented, right? Like even Tank, I give a shot because it's like that power is next level. So I I think Loma might be there for Shakur Stevenson. 
It's possible. It depends on how Loma looks in his next fight. We got to remember that Devin Haney isn't 25 yet. Devin Haney is the undisputed champion. He made the work with Cambosis look very easy. Yeah. The jab is excellent. Loma um, stops Cambosis, by the way, if they were to fight. It depends. See, I keep telling you about Lomachenko. He doesn't finish his food, so I don't know if he stops him. He plays games when he's fighting. He should be finishing guys, but he doesn't. And that's my problem with Lomachenko. So if you fight somebody like Devin Haney, like I don't know how that fight goes. I'd like to see how they both look in their next performances. If if Haney finishes Cambosis in the rematch, because you know I don't know what George is going to do any different. Devin's been in there for 12 rounds, 36 minutes with him. He knows what is coming. He, should, yeah. he might be able to finish him. But I'm more concerned with how Loma looks. Loma's no spring chicken either. Uh, I need him to get some kind of killer instrument. In terms of talent, he is the most talented in terms of his offense, the, the angles that he cuts, his footwork. But, dog, you got to finish some people. And I don't know if he's got the power to keep Devin off of him. That's the mm-hmm. other question. So I'm very intrigued by that. But in terms of Shakur's path, man, I don't know. It all depends on what happens with Ryan, Tank, you got other guys coming up like Michelle Rivera. You have, you know, Jojo Diaz, Zapata. There's there's a lot of people there that Shakur could possibly fight. And I don't know if he goes from Richard Comey right into the winner of Haney Lomachenko. It could. If he has to depends. wait, Zapata would be the guy. To, if to Zapata beats Jojo. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? What is Devin Haney? If Devin Haney beats Vasily Lomachenko next year, if that fight comes together and he beats him and he's a free agent, Again, that makes it even more difficult for Shakur to land that fight. Now my man's vacating all the belts. <laughs> if if Haney wins and can take off, he's vacating all the belts going to 140. Ain't shit left at, at 135. Chase me to 140. Unless Ryan Garcia comes to fight. Unless you fight Ryan Garcia for a big bag. I think they just end up fighting at 140. It's possible. I, again, I just do not know. Right now, there's too much up in the air in the lightweight division to figure it out. So, We'll see. Uh, I mean, I like Shakur a lot. It's just no clear path as of today to become an undisputed or a champion because even then, if Devin and, and Vasily clash, at some point there's going to be uh, number one contenders are going to have to get their crack at Devin as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it, tank it all is a mandatory right now. And then, yeah, so there there will be mandatories and you can only hold them off for so long, right? Yep. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle Shakur Stevenson and how the other people at 135 handle it. Because 130 was an, an easy path to undisputed, but he outgrew it. So no undisputed for him there. He could be at 135 for a while because he, he's too big for 130, but he ain't overly big to be 135, 140. He's going to be around here for a long time, around these weights. Possible. So, I, I, th- I think it all depends on where the money's at as well. At some point, he'll probably jump to 140 if everybody else is there. No, of course. Yeah. But his, his body's not going to force him out of many more divisions. No, no, no. Like, not right now. He'll, he'll be comfortable with the weight where he is and at 140 for the foreseeable future. So plenty of good matchups there. Let's hit the break real quick. When we come back, we're going to talk about the other fights from this weekend, and which are Mayweather's exhibition, Joe Joyce, and then we'll talk about the fight they that might not be depending might. on who you talk might. to <laughs> glimmer of hope if you listen to eddie Hearn. Come on. so we'll talk about that when we come back don't go anywhere be right back after this
We are back, and as promised, talking about the other fights from the weekend. Dre, Floyd Mayweather, money, 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 in Japan, late Saturday night. We'll go back to the Joe Joyce card from UK after this, but you stayed up, I stayed up, we watched Floyd in all his glory. Three-round exhibition in Japan, it only took two. 20 million, two rounds, stops Asakara in the second round after being blatantly disrespected. I love the spiciness in Japan. Usually they're very nice, but they brought out the flowers to each fighter, dropped it at his feet. He was like, oh, word? And Floyd Mayweather went out there and handled business. Do you think this, this role of exhibitions continues? If so, how long? And do we see someone entice Floyd into a real boxing match again? No. That's sanctioned? Absolutely not. No, Floyd's smart. He knows what he's doing. He's fighting Deji next, KSI's brother, who yeah, won his yes, first yes, boxing yes. match. Like, Floyd is not interested in anybody's boxing match. He's 45 years old. He turns 46 in February. If he can make $20 million beating up YouTubers and MMA fighters, and he's going to do it because it's easy money. Floyd doesn't fight for your accolades. He doesn't fight for you to be number one on the pound-for-pound pound list. He fights for money. He's a prize fighter. I'll never forget 24-7 when he talked to Shane Mosley. He's like, I'm a prize fighter. I fight for fucking prize, dummy. Like, it was laid out <laughs> as late as day. You can talk about your legacy all you want. My kids can't eat your legacy. That's what Floyd says all the time. So, no. People were like, oh, fight Manny Pacquiao. That shit ain't happening. Floyd's not interested. I already beat your ass in a pro fight. I have no interest fighting you in an exhibition fight. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor had a whole lot of nerve to say, no thanks, Floyd. Are you serious? And Floyd pulled up. With the Brinks truck, and was like, fight me for X amount of money. You mean to tell me that Connor would say no? He has Dana if it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Connor's <laughs> fighting that fight. But Floyd is in a spot right now where this is easy for him. And he can do this. He can ride this out for at least another year. At least. So he'll fight Deji in November. Like Jake Paul was very critical, but Floyd ain't interested in you, right? You're big. Floyd's yeah. not fighting Giants. He knows what he's doing. Fighting some tiny people, men, if anything. Yeah, like when he, dark. He's he doesn't care. And you know, I did a uh, unlocking the cage on Sirius earlier today. Well, today is Tuesday, and one of the things we discuss is does this hurt Floyd's legacy? And I was like, absolutely not. Nobody gives a shit. Floyd's fifty and all. He's retired. He's beat all. He's done everything he he wanted to do, and he's done. These exhibitions do not matter. Floyd Mayweather fought Antonio Inoki in a probably arguably the first combat sports fight, right? Oh, uh, Ali. And, you said yeah. Mayweather. Oh, I said Mayweather. My, my bad. Muhammad <laughs> that, Ali. Yes. That'd be some great time traveling shit. That would be. But, he, you know, I, nobody cares about that fight. It didn't do anything to Ali's legacy. No. None of this shit matters, man. I, and, you know, some people like, uh, you know, Jake Paul said, you know, you're stealing money from your fans. Yes. Yes, he is. That's exactly what Very he's doing. open about it. Yeah, like he's not telling you not to buy it. He doesn't give a shit if you buy it or not. Because Japan already paid him $20 million. Like he, he doesn't care if you don't watch this shit. But we're going to watch it. This is going to be a different Floyd Mayweather. He's going to put his gloves by his ears. He's going to come forward. He'll take a couple of shots because he knows you can't hurt him. And then he'll beat you up. And then he'll go home. Yeah, I mean, million. It's, I don't care. it's definitely a more aggressive Mayweather. So people yeah, can't say he's boring. No, that's that's the whole thing. Bad fights are good fights. These fights are not like two skilled fighters. It's Floyd, who's tremendously skilled, throwing all that shit out the window. Is like I'm just gonna beat you up. Yeah, 
likes beating up the kids. Cool. <laughs> it's it's pro players going to the rucker. Yeah. It's like when when Durant goes to a pro am and drops eighty on somebody's head. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not even comparable. And, so, and and to that point, it's I'm paying to go watch Kevin Durant drop eighty on a bunch of high school kids. Right? Like that's what you're paying for. Yeah. I'm not paying for a competitive game. I'm paying because I want to see Kevin Durant. They're paying because they want to see Floyd Mayweather. He's going to win. Who cares? How about this, though? Fuck that fight. The fight that I enjoyed was his bodyguard, Jizzy Mack. <laughs> Jizzy Mack. <laughs> getting doused in fucking flames by Koozie, who was 40 pounds lighter than him. Like, how? okay. For those of you who didn't watch this, Jizzy Mack is Floyd's bodyguard. He's this Iranian dude. He's, he's big as shit. He wears, like, a big chain, like, rampage around his neck. Yeah. You've seen him with the wall. If you're ever around Floyd's gym, you've seen him. He decided to fight. I don't know why he decided to do this, but then he chose an opponent that was 40 pounds lighter than him, maybe 50. Kuzi's a guy who campaigns like 135. Kuzi knocks out Jizzy Mack. Now, his name's Jizzy Mack, which is always going to be a problem. But the bigger issue issue here is, how the fuck are you going to be Floyd's bodyguard if you let a little small Japanese dude beat the shit out of you? Now, from here on out, if I see Floyd anywhere and I just feel like pestering him, like his bodyguard can pull up, I was like, I'll fuck you up like the little Japanese dude did. <laughs> like, you got, you're fired. Hands Your down. job as a bodyguard, like the facade, because that's the whole thing. The wall, Jizzy, like they're big dudes. The facade is, oh, they might fuck me up. But if I see you in action and you got your ass kicked, it's over. You got to keep the burner on you at all times. Because everyone's testing your hands. Everybody from, from here on out, like pull up because somebody was like, Andreas, you won't talk shit to him. Probably not, but somebody else will. Somebody and, of equal size, <laughs> hands down. And dog, I need to know who named him Jizzy Mac. Well, obviously, he couldn't do shit about it because he can't throw hands. So they could have gave him any nickname they wanted. Somebody Jizzy. knew about Jizzy Mac before we knew about Jizzy Mac. Then you know what? He ain't gonna say shit. Yo, y'all posted the video. Hold on, y'all posted the video of Floyd watching (laughs) Jizzy Mack get knocked out, and then Floyd looked at us like this motherfucker. Just took (laughs) took his hand back to getting his hands wrapped. You know what? It makes me think he knew about Jizzy Mack. Like this got to be a rib where he's just like, "Yo, this motherfucker got no hands." Oh, like you'll pop out. Oh no, I'm no punk Floyd. No, 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 your your ass ain't got no hands. I'll show you I got hands. All right, I'm gonna put you on my undercard. Prove it. Oh, watch what I do to this little motherfucker. Floyd saw him get knocked out. I was like, told you this motherfucker ain't got no hands. It kept going. Like, he was so unfazed and unsurprised. It was like, mm. so, so the, the real question is, does Jizzy Mack have a job next, in the next couple of months, or is he unemployed? Jizzy Mack has a job because Floyd takes care of people. But Jizzy Mack is no longer on the traveling squad. <laughs> J- Jizzy Mack is like, yo... You're you're taking my kids to school, like like you're you're no longer seeing Abu Dhabi, you're not seeing Japan, like maybe maybe if I really like you, you could be the Bounce Hard Girls collection, maybe. So you'll at least see some TNA, but outside of that, he ain't on the traveling squad. He's the motive. Yeah, like he's that's tough. Like it's when the NFL they put your ass on the practice squad. We'll call you in a pinch, yeah, but bro. Nah, you ain't you ain't on the main team. Poor poor Jizzy Mac. And that's his bad. Uh, he took the money. He took the bag. So whatever he got paid, I hope it was worth it, buddy. Took an ass whooping in the meantime. 
Talking about big guys who can actually fight. Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker went at it across the pond. I watched it. It was on ESPN+. Plus. Co-main event, we saw Amanda Serrano retain her belt and add another one. So she is unified. Still, three belts out of four. At 126, she looked big as hell for 126. So that was a good division. Dre, again, problematic. I'm seeing something, and it really, like, made me pay attention. Because you mentioned this, I think, two weeks ago on our show. There's something drastically off with Canelo's gas tank. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if it was going up and coming back down, or is it age, or mileage, and number of fights. Amanda Serrano's hit that exact same point. Yeah. Her gas tank, seventh round and on, isn't there at all. I don't know if it's because she went up, fought Katie Taylor, 10 pounds heavier than she campaigned, or whatever it is, nine pounds heavier, came back down. Whether it's the mileage of fights, she has almost three times the amount of fights as the majority of female champions. Seven divisions under her belt. I believe Amanda Serrano might be 36 or 37. Like, the the accumulation seems to be catching up with her. And now I watch it, I'm like, I think that's as close as she's going to be to Katie Taylor. Like, she she lost that fight and gassed and gave it away. I think as it goes on, it's not like Katie Taylor's super young. But I, I think that was her chance, because I don't think her gas tank ever recovers. I don't think she's ever better than she was that night. Um. Yeah. So talking to Dean Thomas today, we were talking about, in the MMA, we were talking about Davidson Figueredo against Brandon Moreno. And Dean says something that I agree with, and that the more I think about it, it applies to everything we're just talking about. He was like, you either have explosiveness or cardio. You don't have both. You manage your explosiveness, right? Or you use your cardio to outwork somebody, but you don't have both. So he, he brought up Amanda Nunez. He's like, Amanda Nunez had explosiveness, but she didn't have cardio. She had to learn how to manage her, her explosiveness so she wouldn't burn out her cardio. So in the case of Amanda Serrano, she has explosiveness because the knockout power, but she runs out of gas. So she has to learn where to pick her spots to make them count. So Canelo's in the same boat as well. You don't get both. You have to figure out how to manage the other. And Amanda's hit that point where Katie Taylor's going to outwork you. But can you find the spark in the right moments to win rounds big and then hang on? Yeah. Hang on and defend. That's all you got left. <laughs> hang on and defend. After that seven, eight rounds, it's like, all right, I got to make sure I win one of these last four rounds. Yep. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. Amanda's in that boat. I don't know if and when the rematch with Katie Taylor happens. There's nothing that she can do that's much different, except, like Canelo, start off slower. So you have that energy late. But you don't want to do that. You got to run, run out the gate. You, or you got to win one through five and be like, I just need one more. You, you just got to hope for the best. <laughs> just I'm leaving here with a draw. Or I need one more. Like, I just got to catch her on some some slick shit and win one round. It's like, you know, people who run the 100, they can't run the marathon because they have that burst energy and they can't keep going. People that run the marathon or the 800 can't sprint because they pace themselves. That's where Amanda Serrano's right now. She's she's a, She runs the 100, but she's in the 800, and she's got to figure out, when to have those bursts of speed. It's hard to figure out because it doesn't get any easier. The cardio doesn't get any better. You get more tired. And if you're not a defensive-minded fighter like, say, Floyd Mayweather, who doesn't have to run out, who can't sit there and deal with you and defend everything that you have and pick his spots very well, 
it's hard. So I don't know. I don't know if Amanda fights Katie again. I think Amanda had her best shot the first time, unless she was able to knock her out, which I don't see happening in two minute rounds. No, it's kind of dicey. No, I hundred percent agree. And then main event, Joe Joyce. Talk about <laughs> explosiveness versus cardio. I'm not sure if Joe Joyce has either, but this man is amazing to watch. He's the walking he, dead. Yo, he has no explosiveness. So maybe that's why he reserves all his energy. Uh, shout out to my X-Men fans, but there's the blob in X-Men. who's just like big and slow, but the more you hit him, the more power he absorbs, the more he busts your ass coming back. That's Joe Joyce. I know he's nicknamed the juggernaut, but the juggernaut is very quick, explosive, powerful. Boom. That's not Joe Joyce. The more you hit him, the more he just walks through your shit and the more demoralized you are to the point of you throw so much that you're gassed and tired and his big ass is still standing there. And then he just wears you out, leans on you, hits you with big lumbering punches. And then next thing you know, you you knocked out and you're like, how the hell did I get here? I'm not sure how good Joe Joyce is. I'll tell you what. I think Joe Joyce is a problem for just about every heavyweight in boxing. Because of that, because of his come forward first mentality, he may not be super explosive, but he does have cardio. The guys, he was there 11 rounds. He was still, still there with the same pace, throwing punches, moving it's a forward. Slow pace. It, it's, a, it's a slow, but it's a deliberate pace, right? Like it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. And at He's a certain a point, turtle like, in a rabbit race, whatever it is. But, it, you know, if the turtle took off his shell and smashed the fucking rabbit, that's what Joe Joyce is like. Joseph Parker, he's not a big puncher, right? I think a lot of people are like, well, can you take Deontay's punch? Hold on, guys. Joseph Parker's not a big puncher, but he's still a heavyweight, so we'll give him credit. I think in the fifth round, he landed a right hook that landed completely flush. Joe Joyce yeah. took it like he got beaten by a softball pitcher who was throwing like three miles an hour. I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm offended that you hit me with this. And then he just kept coming. I think Joe Joyce is... I'd like to see him fight Dillian White. I'd like to see him fight Anthony Joshua. I'd like to see him fight Deontay. I would love to see him fight Deontay Wilder. Oh, me too. I mean, because if Wilder gasses, he's wearing Wilder's ass out. Right. But so if he could take that punch, but it's a lot to take. That's a lot to take. Like when you're when you're not quick and you're not getting out of the way, and he's going to hit you. That's a little tough. It, it's pretty inevitable, but in Joe Joyce, he looked phenomenal. He's the first person to stop Joseph Parker. Anthony Joshua couldn't do it. A lot of people can't stop Joseph Parker. And he got, he knocked him the fuck out in the yeah. 11th round. And the, and the best part about it is like Joe Joyce does an interview the following day. And I looked at him, I was like, did he get in a fight? Cause he, he looks like nothing happened. He just was in a heavyweight fight where he got hit in the face. Man's face is made out of leather. Cause it's nothing. It's incredible. Incredible. Nothing. I don't know where Joe Joyce goes from here. I don't know who his next opponent is. Yes, he's Usyk mandatory, but we all know that shit ain't going to happen. No, that's not. So Usyk will retire before he fucking fights Joe Joyce. Yeah, I mean, and also Joe Joyce is 37 years old. He's not a spring chicken. A lot of people are like, new blood in the heavyweight division. I was like, no, this motherfucker is old. Damn, I didn't even know he was 37 until they mentioned it. I was like, what the hell just happened? He's old. So, but... He's going to have to get a big fight soon. So, Dillian White, Derek Chisora, uh, I mean, if they could figure out the Deontay Wilder thing, that'd be great. I, yeah. I, I mean, even, even a Tyson Fury fight, I mean, it's a, it's a big UK fight if it were yeah. to happen. 
he's got options. If you didn't watch this fight, you should probably watch because it's a very entertaining fight. And it's just you were watching Michael Myers like slowly eat his food. <laughs> it yeah. remind actually if you've seen uh Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan. Have you seen Jason? You haven't seen it, Kill. God no. You're 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 the the Halloween yeah. movie guy. <laughs> so in Jason Takes Manhattan, and if anybody's seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Jason chases it, he gets into Manhattan by hanging onto the bottom of like a truck, and he ends up in Manhattan from Crystal Lake. And this is black dude who could box. And Jason chases him up to the, the rooftop of a building. And the black dude, obviously, because black people are stupid in horror movies, he's like, Come on, motherfucker. And he he but he's boxing Jason. He squares he, up. He squares up and he's hitting Jason. Wop, wop, wop. Combinations, all kinds of shit. As a kid, I was like, get him, black guy, get him. Jason got fed up and punched him so hard he punched his head off his shoulders and killed the man. <laughs> that's well, Joe Joyce. That's, that, that's very fitting. <laughs> you hit him with everything you got and the motherfucker hit you one time and your head comes clean off your shoulders in the trash can waiting below 30 floors down. That's what Joe Joyce is. He's Jason Voorhees. I now have to watch this clip of Jason Takes Manhattan. Please. I can't believe you watched that movie. I I watched every horror movie. Doug, (laughs) it's about to be Halloween season. You know how many horror movies I'm about to watch? I am stuck on a boat with you for three to four days on a Halloween cruise. Yeah, but I mean, Disney Halloween cruise. Nah, man, I want to see people get murdered. I want to ruin all the kids' fun on this Disney cruise. <laughs> Just, that's not PG-13. Not that's at not all. That. I hate PG-13. Give me rated R horror. I'm movie. just trying to watch Hocus Pocus 2 with the drink yeah, in my hand. Pull I, won't be, I won't be doing that. Y'all can have the Hocus Pocus shit. Like, and my daughter's going to be sadistic as well because she ends up walking in while watching horror movies and then she just sits down and watches them. She's sick. You're like your grandmother. <laughs> you're, you're a weird guy. No, so that's pretty much a recap of what happened before we get out of here. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua was given a deadline Come on the on, WBC man. heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury, the lineal champ. And if it's not signed by Monday at 5 p.m. UK time, it's not happening. Drake, and guess what didn't get signed by 5 p.m.? It was impossible. The contract was never getting signed on Monday by 5 p.m. That was impossible. Tyson knew it. There was no way. Because too many lawyers involved, too many areas. Too, you can say lawyers like a, a good faith. There's, dog, there's lawyers, there's networks. When you negotiate publicly and you try to shame somebody, you don't really want the fight. You don't. You're just trying to shame somebody. Tyson Fury's playing games. And I told you that from the jump. He didn't really want this fight. He wanted to embarrass Anthony Joshua. What he yes. didn't know is Anthony Joshua was going to be like, yep, 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 60-40, cool. What date? Oh, you don't want that date? I'll take this date. Let's do it. But Anthony, at a certain point, because even Frank Warren's like, Tyson Fury's promoter's like, well, we can make the fight happen. And he's like, no, no, no. I gave him a deadline of Monday at 5 p.m. The fight's not happening. Tyson, you're not the attorney, but you know better. You know that there's networking rights that have to get ironed out. And those things take a long time, especially across the pond. You know that. You were bullshitting the entire fucking time. You didn't want to fight. And then you're going to fight Manuel Char? Are you serious? Char's a bum. Yo, I I learned who Char was yesterday. I've seen Char fight plenty of times. He's no good. He's no good. He looks like Tarzan. Fights Fights like like Jane. Yeah, but come on, man. Listen, I to me, this was the most cringe. Like, I like Tyson Fury as a fighter, but I hated every step of this because you you spent so much time 
trying to shame Anthony Joshua into a fight that Anthony Joshua didn't even really deserve. No. But you thought he was going to say, no, I need more time? Anthony Joshua has the best resume of any heavyweight in boxing right now. He has fought everybody. If you thought for one second he was going to say no, you were out of your mind. But you you were surprised. You were like, December 19th, no, 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 can't do that. December 3rd or November 26th. And I told you, Wembley in November, that shit wasn't happening. So Anthony Joshua said, yeah, December 3rd. Then Tyson's like, all right, sign the contract by Monday. Come on, man. Even Anthony Joshua got on the video. It's like, I'll do it. But come on, you know this guy go through attorneys. Yeah. Cut it out. He actually ra- rapped in the beginning of said video. He was in the car, did a, did a whole freestyle about I, the negotiations. I just think, I think this makes Tyson Fury look lame. Like, I don't, I don't know why he did this. It was wholly unnecessary. And if you fight Char next, like, come on. It's man, just a stay busy fight. The man is bored. Simple as that. Bored. So you just want to shame Anthony Joshua and now you look dumb on the other just, side of it all? Just pick it on people. You only look so dumb when you can't be beat. He got nothing else to do. If he wants an opponent for December, he'll get an opponent. If it's someone like Charles, you just beat him up in three rounds and then be ready for Usyk in February, March. And that's when yep. Usyk wants to fight anyway. And, and the worst part about all of this is while they were negotiating the fight, if anybody who loves soccer, what's happening in December? The fucking World Cup. World Cup. Who wants to compete with the World Cup? If Tyson Fury fights Anthony Joshua, that's one thing. Is it Ty- in the UK? Yeah. No, it's a... Uh, World Cup is in guitar. That's guitar. a guitar. That's why it's in the winter. Yeah. yeah. Someone told me so, so you're doing the World Cup, which basically has the entire UK's attention. And you're going to tell me that you're going to fight Char? And people could be like, yeah, I'm going to tune in that shit. Only if you can market off of the World Cup. Like, if you Even can then, get like, commercials and promo and blah, blah, blah. There'll be games going on during the fight. You don't give a fuck about that fight. <laughs> Somebody will go out. And if so you're as, Anthony, long, John, as long as England isn't playing at that moment, you'll be fine. I mean, plenty of seasons. Like, it's just, it's too much. I think. Tyson Fury just bit off more than you can chew by being a dickhead, right? Like, just from this point on, just shut up, and we'll see you in February. But I think he's pretty adamant about fighting in December. And I know Joshua was thinking about fighting in December. He was training for it. If both of these fools fight in December and not against each other, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. should they. Stay active. At least you have a boundary for the contract now, right? Like, you, you have parameters, if Fury was to beat Usyk twice, Joshua just has to keep winning. You have parameters for that fight. Joshua would then have earned the fight, and now it's to make a fight you guys want. Yeah, so you, you don't got to start from scratch. It, it makes no damn sense, but at least there's a silver lining to come out of this. We'll so see. wait, wait. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of fights that haven't been made, it's September 27th as we're recording this podcast. Dre, it's not looking great. <laughs> It was looking really good last time we recorded. It was final hurdle, right? Final hurdle. There's a video. SC posted shit like three times, three times a year, where the chick bam, clears everything. She's dumb far ahead in the track race. Last hurdle, catches her all up. She gets fucked up. She does like 18 flips. Everybody passes her. That's this fight. I, I think the last hurdle might get them. Well, for those who are listening, like, what are they talking about? Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford 
Mike Coppinger reported on that it would have, it seemed like it was very close to being done for November 19th in Las Vegas. This was two weeks ago during Canelo Triple G3 week. It is now September 27th. It is less than 60 days before the fight is supposed to happen. There's no fight announced. Uh, when I talked to Dan Raphael, I had Dan on, on uh, unlocking the cage with me on Sirius. We had this conversation. Dan said that what he's heard is this is all about Terrence Crawford. Like he doesn't want to acquiesce to certain things on this contract. And now Heyman's like, if you don't, the fight ain't going to happen because I could take Errol and put him against Keith Thurman. Yep. You have nothing. If you don't take this fight, it's over. Like, as if you don't take this fight, go find you another promoter because where are you going to fight? But whatever it is, if it's a, if the third, if there's a third fight, whatever is going on is, has hung this up. I, Dan said, and I can speak about this publicly because now it's, he said it, so it's out there. Dan said that Terrence Crawford is handling this negotiation like he's paranoid, like he's going to get fucked over. So every little sticking point, Terrence is going over back and forth. And it's like, nope, nope, I don't. Can we do this? Can we do that? And Al Heyman is basically bottom line. So here we are, September 27th. October 1st is Saturday. This week would have been the perfect week to announce a fight because nothing is happening. No Zero. big UFC card. No boxing. Nothing. Next week you have Chris Eubank and Conor Ben, right? That's the only big boxing fight. You have until... The hard deadline is the Wilder fight because you got to have both of them there. You got to promo the hell out of them. But you got to announce it before that. Like we're they if the, when you're saying they're up against it because here's what I here's what I think. This is something I do not know. I think if this fight doesn't get done by this time next week, Spence is going to fight. It just won't be Bud. Yeah. Like they'll convince Spence. Like look, fight just fucking fight Keith Thurman. Yeah, on that same date. I, yeah. I think the date is pretty set. Yeah, like just fight Keith Thurman. Terrence is out in the cold. That's on him. Yeah. And if if you beat Keith, we can either go back and try to negotiate with Bud again, or you go to fifty four. Pick your poison. Not even your poison. Pick what you want to do. But I think that's where they're at. If this doesn't happen by the middle of next week, this fight ain't happening. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't see it happening. This is too much. There's no winners when it comes to the fans in this scenario. None There's no. one winner overall if this fight does not happen, and that is Bob Aaron. Yep. Bob Aaron on the top rank would say, told you. Wasn't us. Wasn't our fault. We tried. You see why this fight didn't get done. Because there's no hurdles. There's no excuses now. It's yeah. all on the shoulders of Terrence Crawford. So if it doesn't get done. I mean, it's unfortunate because I hate to even say this on Terrence Crawford because I'm certain there's shit that's unfavorable to him in this contract. Yeah, I'm certain. And, I mean, he doesn't have to accept bullshit, right? But in this case, you got to accept bullshit. So, but that's the point I was about to make. Is like, look, Devin Haney agreed to a rematch clause to fight George Cambosis in Australia for less money because he wanted it that bad to prove that he's that good. Terrence, you don't have that luxury because if if this don't f- happen, who are you gonna fight? Devin Haney signed on to be co-promoted by Lou DeBella for three fights and give up essentially half of his purse or his normal purse to take that fight and then have DeBella take a cut of that for no reason except that the other guy is DeBella's fighter. 
So it's like, man, when Carmosis is disposed of coming up shortly on a 15, Tabella still gets another check off of him. And if that's Loma, that's a pretty damn good check. Yeah. But it's, so it's now, a sacrifice you have to make. Top rank is taking a bite. Then Tabella is taking a bite. And then it's like, and Devin said, you know what? I'm young enough. I'm good enough. You have the money now, but you're never going to take this away from me. And I'm going to roll this into everything I'm going to do from here on out. Yeah. But it doesn't have the luxury of time. Not at all. But you got to do it anyway. And he literally has no other options. Zero. Nothing. Who are you going to fight? You're going to go to Eddie? You want to fight Virgil? And you think Eddie's going to not lock you in? It is. But you think Eddie's not going to see you and be like, oh, you're not coming here for one fight and they're trying to beat my guy up and then disappearing. I got you for at least three. Yeah. So Eddie Ter- might Terrence, pay him. Eddie might pay him nicely for those three. Yeah, no, he'll pay him well. That That's a fact. But if, if it's legacy that you're after, you have to just take the L and fight Errol because more important than anything else, whatever that 60-40 split is, that 40%, it's probably seventy percent more than you're gonna fight get fighting anybody else. Yep. As the A side. Yep. So got it. It's where we're down to nitty gritty. We'll see where we're at when we reconvene for next week's boxing episode. I fear we're in the same spot, which means we, Errol Spence may get another opponent. Damn, Spence, you know what this Thurman. means? You know what this means? Look, is the fourth quarter at the beginning. About the middle of August, we were like, ooh, fourth quarter, we might have Joshua versus Fury, Spence versus Crawford, Tank might be coming down. I mean, he's tied up in legal world. Tank versus we Ryan. Have, we might not have any of this shit. Zero. The fourth quarter of boxing might be absolute trash. Horrible. I have Teofimo and nothing else. You know what, though? Fuck it. If all the fights fall through, I got so much vacation time and PTO. I'm Dang. going to Mexico. I'm chilling. I'm already going to Mexico, but I'm going now in, I'm, I'm like, going yo, Kelly's in Mexico all the time. Like, yes, October, November, until y'all book me a yeah. good fight. I My ass ain't going to be there. I'm going to be Listen, on the beach man, somewhere. Because we know nothing's going to happen in January. January is a dead day in boxing for the most part. Wow. February, by mid to late February is when things start picking up. Yeah, guys, corner podcast Look, boxing shows are going to be kind of dry. <laughs> January 29th, we have the chart. Because they announced Charlo Tim Zoo midsummer oh, yeah. for January 29th. So we <laughs> they were like, you you going to get this goddamn fight. <laughs> <laughs> they announced that shit seven months in advance. So we know that fight. But outside of that, yeah, not a not a damn thing happening. So we'll we'll see how this all It'll be a good out. time for our best of shows. There we go. Yes. All our best of shows. Best of pound for pound list. Maybe we do some good like old school content. Reviews and shit. I don't know. Maybe we do like a fantasy booking show. Where are we going to figure it out? It is going to be entertaining. This was entertaining. Thank you, everyone, for kicking off the week right with us. We appreciate you all. Shout out to everyone on Blue Wire. Producer Cole, baby, for holding it down for us, producing the show, even though he is sans cane in his homecoming photos. It's all right, Cole. There's there's no time like the present. I'll work on my next investment. Yes, you've been going to a million weddings. Next wedding, went to went to Kane. Let's let's oh do God, it. Wait, hold on. on. There's like no, there's none on the schedule right now. I got I got to take a break. Oh, tap out, <laughs> tap out. <laughs> so it's it's great. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, make sure 
You guys check out our pro wrestling and our MMA shows later on in the week. Those should be very fun as well. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube, Corner Podcast. You can see all of these videos. So much fun seeing our faces and our reactions to everything. Thank you so much. We're back in studio on Thursday. Till then, though, we're out. Peace. On the corner.